Hey guys, it's Kat and it's time for another episode of True Tea. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to yet another episode of True Tea. We do these episodes every other week with call-in shows in the in-between weeks. And those call-in shows have been really, really amazing. And I'm kind of excited to have the call-in show about this one because this is going to be another one of those conversations where, look, y'all, there's some shit I don't understand. So y'all can help me get it if I don't get it. But before we get into this episode, I wanted to thank people over on Patreon who have been supporting um, the show and also my other projects. Thank you so much for supporting me over there. Um, People who follow me on Patreon, everyone gets access to the full unedited call-in shows. Um, We do these call-in shows, like I said, between every other episode, Um, and they are pretty crazy and I can't keep everything in. So if you want to listen to the full call-in show, go to patreon.com slash catblack and that's how you can get um, that information. So anyway, we're going to be having a conversation in this video about sissification fetishism. (laughs) I'm very nervous having this conversation, um, but I wanted to have it. So, you know, it's going to be one hell of a conversation. So go to your kitchen, grab yourself something to drink. Personally, I am drinking some Spindrift. Um, my voice, um, I just woke up and I felt inspired to make, um, this podcast. So my voice is a little weird. Um, but you know, I'll drink up a little bit of this and maybe I'll, it'll get a bit better. So let me take a sip of this and let's get right into this conversation. So this is a conversation that I'm kind of nervous to have because I'm going to start off by saying that, um, I have my feelings about this. I've got my thoughts about this, but I'm also completely aware of the fact that I have my own perspective that might not align with the reality of what these things actually are. Um, That all being said, um, I'm going to make some space for people to come in and correct me and sort of clarify things if I'm incorrect about the way that I feel about this. But I also wanted to put my true feelings about this out there because I've actually spoken about this um, in passing a few times. I've referenced wanting to have this conversation, but I've not had this conversation because I've been really worried about how to have it. Um, And one of the great things about coming to um, a podcast as opposed to um, you know, YouTube videos is that I can be way more open, way more raw and way more real. And, you know, I really, um, felt like this would be the appropriate time to talk about this. Um, so here we go. So the reason why I'm making, um, this podcast is because I woke up this morning and had some interaction on a fetish website that I'm part of that really left a poor taste in my mouth. And so here we go. So I woke up this morning and I checked um, the fetish site that I'm part of. I'm part of several different um, fetish social networking websites. And, you know, I completely respect the fact that when you're on websites like that, you're <laughs> you're going to end up being in a lot of positions where, um, you know, you're seeing some shit you don't want to see and people are engaging with you in a way that you don't want to be engaged with. And, you know, By virtue of being on a fetish website, you are going to be someone who someone fetishizes, right? And so I understand that, but it still does frustrate me quite a bit. So on almost every website I'm on, I have some pretty clear um, stated boundaries 
One of them that we've discussed previously on this show is race play. I don't like race play. I think race play is racist. I think that we've had a lot of really amazing conversations around race play on this podcast. And I left with a lot of understanding of why specifically some black men do race play. But I definitely still see it as basically racism with more steps, right? Um, That's one of my biggest boundaries. And one of my other biggest boundaries is cross-dressing and sissification fetishism. (laughs) And so I kind of wanted to talk about that because I had this interaction on (laughs) a fetish website that combined both of those things and it left me feeling quite frustrated. So I log on this morning and I check my notifications on said fetish website and I see that I've got several likes from a account, right? And so I go to this account and I read the description that they have in their profile and their description reads as just a sissy boy trying to please hung black men. I love being a slut for BBC and I'm looking for a regular cock to worship. I love dressing up like a bitch and pleasing. Also interested in dominant women. Right (laughs) now, this person followed my account And I do occasionally check out people who follow me because I personally, again, even though I understand that being on a fetish website means you're going to be fetishized by someone, um, I feel very uncomfortable being fetishized by these people. And I feel very uncomfortable with people who are looking for exactly the thing I just read, you know, people who are looking for a big black man to fuck them and sissify them. And by the way, this person is a white man. Um... I don't want those people engaging with my content because there's no way for me to imagine them engaging with it um, in a way that isn't either transphobic or racist. You know, Um, (laughs) one of the points that I didn't really um, bang home about my personal discussions about race play is that, you know, a lot of race play stuff, especially when it involves black men, is very closely connected to this sort of dehumanization of black men. Sometimes the reason why white people are drawn to having sex with black men is because they see them as only slightly different than having sex with an animal. And connected to this idea is this idea that there's really no reason for a black person to have boundaries or to say no, because they're basically just an animal, you know? And I'm saying that based on my own interactions with people who hold these ideas, um, because I've been, you know, like I said, in my conversation about race play, I've been approached quite a few times by people who want to do race play with me. And their reaction to me saying that I don't want to do it is basically this gaslighty, shitty argument um, that you know, really proves to me that they don't really see me as a person who could possibly say no. They don't really see me as a person who has boundaries that should be respected. They see me as a person who is built for sexual use. And my boundaries, my no, my rejection of their interest is almost sort of like this silly little thing that I'm doing. It's not that I don't enjoy being racially fetishized. It's almost like I'm playing a game. You know, it's not that these things are truly offensive. I deep down want these things. That's what these people often say to me. Um, You know, 
there's just like an um, immediate communication that by virtue of my race, I cannot say no. This is a similar experience that I've had with cross-dressers specifically. Um, There are quite a few cross-dressers who have approached me who have been incredibly offended when I tell them that I'm not interested in them. And the argument that I often get into with these people is that it's incredibly close-minded for me to judge these men for being interested in what they're interested in. And specifically, um, it's, it's close-minded for me to reject them, you know, you know, in, in a romantic or sexual context because I'm transgender. Why should I have the ability to say no to something like this because I'm a trans woman and, um, you know, I should just sort of accept what I get basically and stop being so close-minded. And, you know, a part of why these, these two conversations are so frustrating for me is that I know for a fact that saying that blew a lot of people's minds. There are probably people who are not in these conversations at all who hear me saying something like that and they say, girl, you had to make that up. But I would not feel so strongly about these things if this was not the standard experience that I had with people who had these fetishes. You know, a lot. So, so I guess I should very briefly kind of describe my own understanding of sissification. Um, and while sissification and cross-dressing are not exactly the same thing always, and there are definitely cross-dressers who don't do the whole sissification thing, and these things have similar things to do with each other but are not exactly the same, I do find that at least with the people who try to pursue me, somebody who is very, very clear about only being interested in men, somebody who is very, very clear about not liking cross-dressing, not liking race play, da-da-da-da-da, I find, you know, those people who would look at me say all of those, you know, all these various disclaimers and would still pursue me, um, they all share um, similar qualities. Um, and that's why I've got the opinions that I do. Um, so again, feel free to call in and tell me that I'm wrong and correct me when we do the call-in show. But this is my understanding for now. So quite a few men in this society go through life being told that anything they do that could vaguely relate them to femininity is shameful, wrong, and disgusting, right? Quite a few men, especially men who are heterosexual, this is less so true when you're gay, but it is still true for some people in some spaces, but heterosexual men especially um, are, are often in a position where they are constantly being shamed for doing anything that seems slightly feminine. Now, norms are changing now. We're, we're getting to a point where men can do little feminine things and be a whole fucking chat about it. Um, but for a very long time, anything feminine that a man did was seen as contradictory to their masculinity and completely shameful and disgusting. Disgusting, rather. <laughs> and so some men have deeply fetishized the idea of them being feminine. Right. They've deeply, deeply fetishized the idea of secretly pursuing femininity and the taboo of that within their lives. Now, I know that this is where the conversation is going to go a little left, because when I listen to some people who are on the turf side of the conversation and I hear them 
talk about transgender women. Um, I know that there are some women in that group who have been in situations where they've been with a man who identified as heterosexual, who secretly cross-dressed, um, got into their clothes, you know, did have this whole secret life because a lot of cross-dressers do have completely separate, different and intense secret lives that they hide from, you know, people that know them because obviously they've been pressured all their life to do so. Um, and been very hurt by that. Not only hurt, but very creeped out by that. Because it is kind of creepy to think of this person who you met, who presented themselves to you as a very masculine hyper heterosexual man secretly wearing your clothes and then saying that they are just like you. And in the way that um, a lot of cross-dressing fetishism tends to appear is that these men are again, really, really fetishizing this idea of having a secret femininity. Um, And so frequently a a component of that is the shame connected to it. And not only is there the shame in them doing this thing secretly, but also this shame, and this is where I take issue, with being feminine. I've known and seen and interacted with quite a few cross-dressers who see being feminine as this disgusting, shameful thing that makes them sexually loose. So I've seen a lot of cross-dressers wear clothes that I would just associate with, you know, your mom or some shit, you know, that very classic, you know, 90s mom or even 80s mom kind of look. And they call themselves sluts and whores for wearing pantyhose and skirts. It's like they see this little bit of femininity as the thing that makes them a dirty slut. And, you know, for me specifically, and especially as a feminist, um, it is very, very hard for me to sit through that. It is very hard for me to look at men putting on women's clothing and calling themselves sissy sluts, whores, bitches, and all these other things um, because they're being feminine. To me, that is something that is hard to not see as misogynistic. It's hard for me to see your, you know, encapsulating yourself into femininity only to be a slutty whore bitch slut, you know, as not being misogynistic. It's very, very, very hard for me, you know? And so frequently, you know, look, I have, just because of the spaces I've been in, known a lot of people like this. And a lot of these people are married, they've got kids, they've got a family, they've got a wife. And in their secret time, they're posting on the internet about being a dirty slut whore because they're cross-dressing. Now, if you were a woman who discovered that this was what your husband was doing, especially in this context, why wouldn't you immediately see that as misogynistic? especially when he's wearing your clothes. Especially when he's wearing your clothes. 
a lot of this cross-dressing fetishism stuff really does sort of come from a this sort of fetishizing of um the secret femininity i believe also a lot of it's informed by misogyny um and we'll unpack that later and a lot of it most of it is very much defined by their specific attraction to women which is part of why the crossdresser who is hiding it from his wife who you know is secretly wearing um her clothes creeps so many women out a lot of times when you see a crossdresser they are trying to emulate a type of femininity that they are attracted to they are essentially attempting to create images and vibes that echo the women who they want to have sex with the women whom they fetishize so i've talked about this a couple of different times but i've been in several situations where i've been with men and they've revealed themselves or well, you know half the time they don't reveal themselves i find out um that they're crossdressers and You know, I have a hard time with this conversation because I know that someone's personal journey has nothing to really do with me, but it's hard for me not to feel a certain way when they're dating me, hiding this part of who they are from me completely, and also sort of echoing, when I see they're they're cross-dressing, they're also sort of echoing this femininity that I embody, right? It makes me incredibly fucking uncomfortable. It truly truly does. And, you know, sometimes when I listen to people talk about um, autogynephilia um, and, you know, TERFs like to use this word, TIMS, you know, I, I often feel like that's who they're talking about. And, you know, with the way that a lot of conversations are shifting around gender, you now do have the person who lived most of their life as a cis man, being seen as a cis man, accumulating all of the things that come with being seen as a cis man, who maybe gets to a point where they recognize that they are transgender, and then they transition. And it almost seems like the crossdresser who's hiding it and the trans guy, not the trans guy, <laughs> the trans woman who lived most of her life as a cis man, being seen as a cis man to the point of getting married and having kids and all that. It seems like these are the same things, but they're not exactly. But they very much seem like that to specifically the cis women in this conversation because it's a similar sort of story. You hid this sort of femininity from me um, and now you're revealing it. And what am I supposed to think? about that after you've hid this from me and I've only ever known you as, you know, a cis heteromasculine man. There are a lot of people who would say that the rejection of a partner who does stuff like this is close-minded. And I know that there are some people who are in the position where they've had to swallow the fact that for a large portion of their life, they've been not only with somebody, but deeply in love with somebody who was presenting themselves one way, but was actually another. And that other way might include doing shit that, you know, makes you feel like they're, they've been watching you for years trying to emulate you. You know? 
And I guess maybe this is this sort of experience that I've had with men like this is perhaps why when I listen to some TERFs have these conversations, I kind of understand where it's coming from. Um, because for me, this shit does make me very uncomfortable. And it makes me very uncomfortable because it does not seem different from misogyny at all. This person's profile says, just a sissy boy trying to please hung black men. Being a slut for BBC and I'm looking for a regular cock to worship. I love dressing up like a bitch and pleasing. And you go to their profile and they're dressed in women's clothing. You know, matronly women's clothing. And that's him being a bitch. That's him being a slut. And what's baffling to me, I've had such, I had a situation, I've talked about this a few times, where there's this guy that I was seeing when I was living um, in Valencia, when I was going to school. This guy was your, your typical white bro from suburbia, rich suburbia. You know, wore Affliction t-shirts, drove a pickup truck, you know, had socks up to his, you know, shins. <laughs> Your standard Valencia bro, okay? And one day I found his profile. He had a very distinctive nose, a very piggish nose. Um, no offense, but he, he had a very piggish nose, and you'd get what I meant if you <laughs> saw it. And I saw this 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 crossdresser with the similar nose, and then I realized it was it was him. And on this profile, he's all kinds of sluts and whores for big dicks. And that was the complete opposite of who I met, who was this masculine version of, you know, maleness, manliness that was very one way. Now, I'm not ignorant to the fact that men are under incredible amounts of pressure to embody a certain type of masculinity. That's why when I just listed off to you this, you know, stereotypical white bro with an affliction t-shirt and, you know, a pickup truck that you immediately were able to figure out the exact image that I was trying to paint. Because even that sort of thing is like a reflection of this sort of standardization of what a man is supposed to be. In a lot of places in this country, having a big old pickup truck is a sign of masculinity getting your first truck is a rite of passage for a young man. In these really suburban areas, having these fucking affliction t-shirts with all this bullshit on it, that's how you look like a hot dude in this area. Right? And some men, I understand, are under incredible amounts of pressure to maintain that image. And so being feminine privately is kind of this escape for them. Right. But I had a hard time. I've had a hard time figuring out, especially as a transgender woman, um, how these people <laughs> can live these lives and do so comfortably, because quite a few crossdressers are comfortable. There are very few crossdressers I've met who want to live femininely full time. Because for them, it is this fetish. It is this deep, dark fetish that they hide and don't really present. And for some people, that's part of the, the, the allure, that they're doing something secret and private away from the eyeshot of their wife. 
right? For me, I, you know, on my fetish profiles, I always say that race play is racist, but I've always struggled to outright say, um, you know, that I find cross-dressing and sissification to be misogynistic. Because I know that it's not that for a lot of people. I know that for some people being feminine is, again, an escape from the pressure that they've been under their entire lives to uphold a certain degree of masculinity. But again, I have a really hard time interacting with that sort of thing and not seeing it as misogynistic. And here's why. Like I said, the guy that I just described, he was presenting himself one way in his daily life, but then was a sissy slut, you know, in, you know, all reality, right? This guy clearly has this part of his brain that doesn't allow himself to, as a man, comfortably, confidently, you know, and proudly pursue other men. You know, as a man, he struggles to embrace himself as a man and pursue men as a man. The only way that he can justify it the only way that he can sort of make sense of it and leave space for it is if he cross-dresses. Because if he cross-dresses, then he's a sissy slut whore. And sissy slut whores suck dick. But the masculine version of him doesn't do that, could never do that. And for me, that is kind of the problem. Sissification is kind of really specific, too, because a lot of it is tied to somebody feminizing you. Some men in, you know, while they privately sit in their sort of fetishism of, you know, this secret femininity, they dream of having a female partner who wants to feminize them, who is into feminizing them. And of course, this always has to be shameful and embarrassing. And I want to make it clear that there's really nothing wrong with women liking feminine men or even men being feminine. It's just that so frequently the way that this particular fetish materializes is one where being feminine is shameful, being feminine is disgusting, being feminine, even in a matronly way. If a cis woman was wearing these things, we would not see them as sissy slut whores. But when these men wear these things, they fetishize this image of a woman so much that that's how they feel about it. Sissies also happen in a way where, you know, having sex with a man turns them into a woman. Right? Because only women have sex with men. It also happens, you know, I, I mentioned in the video that I talked about with race play, um, where, you know, you've got the black man who comes in and entertains the white couple. And the white couple is, you know, really eager to get the black guy to fuck the wife because the wife is really, you know, into, you know, theoretically the BBC having a much bigger sexually superior penis. And some white men in that situation feel sissified because here's this big black man fucking your wife in a way that you never could. Right. And that turns them into a sissy, a worthless person. They'll, they'll, they'll wear these cock cages and there'll be this whole conversation about how you're not allowed to fuck me because you're just a sissy slut. You can suck his dick, you can lick me, but you but you don't get any any of this. You know, and I'm not going to say that that play is there's anything wrong with aspects of what I just said. I'm not saying that at all. It's just for me, 
it's very hard for me to decouple that from misogyny. It's very, very hard, incredibly fucking hard for me to decouple that from misogyny. Because if these, if we did not live in a society that was so deeply misogynistic, I have a hard time buying that these men would fetishize femininity in this way. These men have gone through their life being told that they are shameful for being anywhere near femininity, right? And why? Why why is it shameful to be feminine as a man? And that's because in this society, we do see femininity as weaker, lesser, less valuable, right? And so these men, instead of bucking misogyny and saying, you know, I'm not going to, you know, see femininity in this way. In fact, I'm going to just proudly claim myself as feminine and be that because there's nothing shameful about me being feminine. They twist it and they are just repeating the things society already says about femininity, but making it sexual. They're sitting over here saying, I'm a, I'm a sissy slut for black dick because I wear women's clothing and, and have sex with men. <laughs> and that's what makes it so hard for me to see as anything other than misogynistic. I really, I have a very, very hard time with that. And, you know, like I said at the top of this, this, this show, what makes it complicated for me is I'm a trans woman. I actually sent this person a really long message and I said to him, like, what, why does my page appeal to you? I'm not a big black man with a BBC. You know? I'm I'm very clear about not liking race play. I'm very clear about not liking sissies. I'm also not a dominant woman. My username has submissive in it. So what possible reason could you have for following me? What are you getting out of my content unless you're looking at me as an embodiment of a sissy or a big black man who's willing to fuck you? And that's another layer to this. One of the most frustrating parts about sissy culture, if you will, is they will steal the images of transgender women and they will write captions on these images about how the person in the picture is a man. A lot of times they'll do it from um, the perspective of, you know, themselves, you know. Um, they'll take a picture of, for example, I often see um, Serena Valentina is a is a very commonly used um, porn star. Um, Bailey J. I see a lot of Bailey J. Um, they will take these images of transgender women who are very clear about them being transgender women, and they will put you know captions like, "You've." You've dreamed about being a, a, a woman all your life, and now you are, but you've got to suck this black dick first, and you've got to clean my pussy first. You know, shit like that. And they'll, they'll put, and they'll take these images and spread them around to the point where there are some models that are associated with sissification. And 
I guess for me, that just makes me very uncomfortable. So I will preemptively block any sissy or cross-dresser who follows me on any of my, my, my platforms because I don't want my images used that way at all. At all. I've seen enough people who I know being used for sissy memes that it's just, no, I don't even want to vaguely get there. The idea of some heterosexual man sitting in his bedroom imagining me Imagining himself being me and his version of being me is I'm nothing more than a sissified man. Fuck you. <laughs> like, completely fuck you. It's many, many, many layers of shit that makes me uncomfortable, shit that, like, pisses me off, that I just, I don't feel bad about blocking sissies. I don't feel bad about blocking cross-dressers. I don't. I don't. You know, I have some personal friends of mine who are cross-dressers who I know don't engage in misogynistic play, okay? Um, but it's still a line for me. It's still a line for me. And it's one that is very distinct. And I don't want this to sound too much like I'm shaming people, but, and I know that like a lot of kinks and fetishes do sort of exist in this way where they may very strongly contradict the way that we live our lives. We had this call from a black man last week who, um, you know, he is an organizer. He does political organizing for black folks. He, in his daily life, only wants to sleep and date black women or women of color in general. But he gets off on white women saying, give me that nigger dick. He gets off on it. Trigger triggers the fuck out of me, but turns him on because of the experience that he had when he was younger being called the N-word in a way that made him feel disempowered. In this position, he feels empowered when he's having sex with a white woman who calls him the N-word. Now, I still don't get it, but I can understand how when something is such a strong part of your um, you know, life, when you've been pushed down for this thing in so many ways that embracing it in a somewhat safe environment can be very cathartic for you. I theoretically understand that just because of my own interest, right? Um, but it's still something that makes me really uncomfortable. And again, much like race play, it makes me uncomfortable because it's projected onto me. Because so frequently, I'm in positions where I didn't get the opportunity to say yes or no to this. When I've been in situations where I've dated men who turn out to be cross-dressers or sissies, it's always an argument. And the argument always circles back to, how dare you have boundaries? How dare you say no to this? You are a Black trans woman. How dare you say no to this? Now, this isn't exactly related, but I had this like little argument on TikTok the other day, similar to this, where there was a feminine... Um, man who identifies as pansexual. He wears acrylics, wears makeup, the whole thing. And he was really frustrated by the fact that the trans woman who he speaks to only seemed to want to date masculine men. One trans woman came up and said, you know, your nails are nicer than mine. I'm sorry, I don't want to date you. And of course, from his perspective... This was the trans woman being closed-minded. You've got a, a he even made a whole video. He's like, you got a man here who would claim you, who would, you know, be 
totally comfortable being seen with you. But instead of pursuing me, you're going to pursue men who um, are toxic in his view. Now, y'all know I've got hella partners. Not a single one of them is ashamed to be seen with me. Not a single one of them is ashamed to be known to be um, in a relationship with me. Each one of them is quite masculine in their own right. So this idea that there is no one out there who would accept a trans person, so you need to accept somebody you're not attracted to, is really fucking crazy to me. Because there certainly are men out there who do very much like trans women and are comfortable claiming them, who embody what a lot of trans women are attracted to. And what got me with this is that a lot of cis women who identify as heterosexual have the same exact fucking interest. But as a trans woman, I'm supposed to... um lower my standards because who else is going to love me now again like i said these are not it's not the exact conversation that we're having here because i i don't think he's even close to being a misogynistic cross-dresser but it's a similar idea i'm supposed to accept something that i'm not interested in because who you know because of the toxicity of certain men no I don't want a relationship where I'm trading makeup with someone. I don't want a relationship where um, we're both getting many panty, many petties together. I just don't want that relationship. It's not one that satisfies me or makes me happy. And I also know that I don't have to settle for that. But, you, but I've had so many of these arguments with cross-dressers, with sissies about this shit. Where it's like, I can't possibly say no. I can't possibly say I'm not interested in this without having this gaslighty conversation about how I should accept them and how everyone in my life has treated me poorly um, with a closed mind and how I'm being closed minded and how hypocritical it is for me not to be okay with that. You know, I try to communicate when I make videos um, talking about trans dating that, you know, trans girls, you don't have to settle for this. You don't, you do not have to settle for this. You don't have to settle for a man who is not what you're attracted to because you think, you know, or, or isn't treating you right because you think it's the only option you have because it's not true. That's a lie. That is an absolute lie. And these people will gaslight you all day long to get you to accept the shit that makes you uncomfortable. And as I've said in, in, in similar conversations, I don't want to date anyone who's just sort of dating me out of, um, you know, lack of options or desperation or who else will like me. No, I don't want anyone to date me for any other reason than they're attracted to me. I don't want people to date me because I'm one of the only available options. Sorry, I don't. And it's sad to me that some people who feel rejected, um, you know, by the status quo would prefer being in a relationship like that than being in a relationship with someone that, you know, is actually interested in them. Because I promise you there are plenty of trans women and cis women who are comfortable with dating men who are feminine. I'm certainly not one of them, but they do exist. There's there's often no sense of, you know, these people are citing transphobia that I've experienced while telling me that I should accept shit that makes me uncomfortable because I'm trans. It's transphobia with more steps, in my opinion. So that's how I feel. And I really felt strongly about this today. So I felt like I would share it with you. I know that I'm probably being a bit ignorant here. So like I said, call in for the call-in show and correct me because I need to be corrected. 
But as of now, where it stands, this shit makes me uncomfortable and always will. I am unlikely to ever adjust myself in a way where dating a man who, you know, is cross-dressing secretly is appealing to me. No, it's not what I'm interested in. And I, I, and I get the argument of, oh my gosh, you're being so close-minded because yeah, when someone's hiding something like, like cross-dressing and then they're eventually found out. Yeah. I guess you could argue that's close-minded for someone to not be okay with it, but you know, most people who are in those dynamics signed up for one type of relationship, not another. And I don't love the message that a lot of people are putting out where they say, well, you know, you should accept somebody regardless, you know, especially if you actually love them. And it's like, yeah, I loved them. I loved the person who they told me they were. I didn't agree to love this person that was never presented to me. And there are some people who they're, I guess their love is just so deep that they can overlook that shit. But we've talked about this before. I've dated several people who presented themselves to me as, as men, cis men, who later came out as trans women. And, you know, look, I'm not interested in women. That is one of the core parts of my personality. I don't date women. I don't find them attractive. I just don't. And... If I fell in love with you as a man, I don't think I'm going to be able to suddenly shift my sexuality to compliment you because I love you. I can want the best for you. I could want for you to live in a less shameful way. But I know that my sexuality doesn't sort of switch just like that. You know, and become accepting to things that I've been very clear about not being into. I could not be more clear about not being attracted to race play, not being into sissies or cross-dressers or, or women without sounding hateful. <laughs> because sometimes it gets to that point where I'm like, I don't want anything to do with a sissy. I don't want anything to do with a cross-dresser. And yeah, I get it does sound close-minded, but it's my boundary. It is one of my big boundaries. If you're into that sort of stuff, if you're into this misogynistic cross-dressing shit, Leave me the fuck alone. I'm so glad that you that that some of these people managed to find partners to play with, mostly other crossdressers, but it's just really not for me. It's honestly, in terms of attraction, my nightmare. I don't want to date a man who's getting off on how disgusting it is for him to be feminine. Fuck, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So anyway, that's how I feel. Um, I'm looking forward to the call-in show. I know that people are going to say that I said some ignorant shit here, but here, you know, that's what we're here to do. We're here to have some conversations about some ignorant shit. (laughs) So um, I'm looking forward to the call-in show. It will be next Monday at noon Pacific Standard Time. Hopefully you guys check in. And like I said at the top of the show, check out my Patreon. It's where you get the full call-in shows completely unedited. Anyway, on that note, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.